This is episode 25 with Matthew Pavlich. G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on your impactful journey. Pavlich is a former professional Australian rules footballer who played 353 games over a 17-year career and all for the same club, the Fremantle Dockers. He was also the captain for nine years. This just shows the type of leader he is to maintain these positions and have such a long and successful career. Pav, as he's known, is now a proud father of three and a successful businessman, having completed his Masters of Business Administration, MBA. He's a business owner, board member, media presenter, brand ambassador, and guest speaker. In this chat, we don't really talk about his footy career in terms of specific games or details, but we dive into his mindset and leadership qualities that he's learned from a lifetime in sport and how these transfer into life after footy. And we also talk a lot about his family values because this is how I'm connected to Pav through my sister and she's always speaking so highly of how he and his beautiful wife Lauren have created an amazing family bond and are inspirational parents. So I knew from these chats that Pav was a man that could provide this podcasting community with genuine, authentic value. And as you'll hear through our discussions, I wasn't disappointed. In this episode, you will learn the power and importance of identifying your purpose and values in both your careers and your family life, the five leadership buckets, what Pav's self-talk was to allow him to consistently be one of Australia's best AFL players for so many years, the powerful process of commit, do, review, and how his leadership qualities from sport have helped him in his successful business ventures. Ah, <laughs> oh, geez, you've got some good insight now, haven't you? <laughs> Your sisters tell you some good things. <laughs> Where does Daddy Boy Rascal come from? Uh, who knows? Um, it probably stems from the fact that my son, my two-year-old son, is a little rascal. Uh, Jack uh, is the terror of the family. Um, he hasn't been the best sleeper. Uh, th- we've got three children: Harper, four and a half; Jack, two and a half; and William, eleven months old. And and Harper and William were reasonable sleepers uh, and have been throughout their whole life, but Jack's just been a shocker for whatever reason. Um, yeah, he had colic and a few other bits and pieces when he was first born and then more recently, um, yeah, sort of moving into his big boy bed and all those sort of things you do as a, with a parent. Um, and he, he loves me, which is fantastic, like having a relationship with his son like that, that he just he wants my attention the whole time. Um, but if he wakes up in the middle of the night, he would come down and like, sort of ask for me and a cuddle or whatever else, or you know, so and so is making noise. And and so I call him a bit of a rascal, sort of you know, tongue in cheek. But um, yeah, for whatever reason, he thinks I'm the rascal. So that's how it sticks. Well, I won't call you Daddy Boy Rascal. <laughs> Thanks, we'll, mate. we'll call you Pav. So Pav, welcome to your life of impact. Yeah, it's great to be here. 
Now, a strong part of how we've been connected is through your kids that you just spoke about, um, Harper, Jack and Will, and also your beautiful wife, Lauren, and that's through my sister, Demi, who you mentioned, who spends a lot of quality time with you and your family and who was also your massage therapist at the footy club at the Fremantle Dockers. And it was this family relationship of yours that I'd heard about that made me reach out to ask you to to be a guest on this yep. podcast. Um, and thanks, by the way, for accepting the little personal video message I sent you from Sweden when I was eating my fresh blueberries there. <laughs> that was great. I, I was jealous of the blueberries. That would be awesome. <laughs> it is the best time of year in Sweden, actually, okay. when the blueberries are in abundance. Now, you've developed a mindset from sport that has allowed you to continually be one of the best players in the competition for years. And I want to explore that mindset shortly, but I'm really intrigued uh, to know how much of that mindset now infiltrates into you as a dad and also sharing that mindset and those values with your partner, Lauren. Yeah, definitely the the value set that, that Lauren and I, I guess individually brought to a relationship to begin with and then have formed throughout our early stages of our relationship and, and now obviously been married for, for six years. So um, we're really keen to instill those values, those core values in our children. Um, I think in essence that's what parenthood is about um, around, you know, fundamentally adhering in them some some really strong core values uh, and and for us i guess it's around you know first and foremost um respect and, and honesty and strong integrity um about work ethic um about having fun you know so having a nice balance in your life um and i, th- I think moreover you know lauren she's a physiotherapist um, got two university degrees um, great support with her own family network. Um, and so the two of us are very similar in a lot of ways. So we'd love all of those things to be instilled in our children. With regard to the mindset, um, sport has brought me and my, my lessons through that. Um, you know, very, very determined, very focused, very driven, um, very professional, hardworking, diligent, all of those things that I've learnt throughout my career, having a, having a really strong resilience um, and dealing with adversity. I think that's a, a number of things to do with sport, albeit um, adversity within the, within the sporting context, not adversity as in you know, life tragedy or otherwise. But all of those things, fantastic lessons that you can learn from sport um, with regard to your mindset and, and what you value, uh, certainly those things I'd love to see come through with my children as they grow up as well. And I have no doubt they will because it resonates from yours and Lauren's true core values. Do you set goals around that? Do you, like, say you set goals as an athlete and you'll be used to doing that. Do you set goals as a parent? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely. Uh, probably not overtly. Um, so we've set goals, Lauren and I, in terms of, um, I guess aspirational things that we would like to achieve as a couple and a family, um, and what that could potentially mean for our kids. So, um, I guess some of it's financial s- scenario. Some of it is definitely what we want to aspire to as a family. Um, committing time to that, um, and so yeah, that that should infiltrate hopefully to their life. But but specific goals in terms of. Um, what we're trying to achieve in raising our children, it's pretty straightforward for them to be good human beings. 
It's straightforward for you, but and I'm not a parent, but I can imagine the challenges of parenting. And the reason I ask whether you do set goals and whether that comes through, because I think it's really important for people to understand that you know, when to make decisions on a daily basis, we need to know what goals and what visions we're moving towards. And that's a direct reflection of your values. So you guys have already really set in your values. And I think, like you said, without actually writing the goals down, but maybe you are goal-driven towards the outcome yeah. of your parenting. It, it's funny because in some ways, the goals that I had in the AFL world or my sporting context, yes, there was, you know, sort of little micro goals all the time, but it was. It wasn't overt. I didn't necessarily write them down. Um, I didn't necessarily, you know, set them out. You know, people talk about a smart goal. You know, specific, measurable, actionable, uh, time, whatever it was, time bound, etc. So, you know, I, I think it shows that I can't even define a smart goal. The fact that I didn't necessarily, but overarching those goals and the vision for me while I was playing was um, team success. Be be as good a team as I, as we could be in, but just be as good as I could be and not necessarily compare myself to anyone else. And I think that was a mindset I, I shifted in, in some ways. I think we as human beings love to be competitive and, and, and I'm certainly a competitive person and that was harnessed in the right way throughout my career. But I think I shifted into rather than comparing myself to others that I played with or against, it was more just just be as good as you can be. And a lot of self-satisfaction comes from, comes from that, that if you've tried your absolute utmost, if you can look yourself in the mirror at the end of the day, at the end of your career, at the end of your children growing up, and say to yourself, well, have I done absolutely everything in my powers, both emotionally and physically, to get that result, to be as good as I can be as a parent or football or whatever then that's what you have to do in life really you don't you don't have to actually achieve it's not about rewards or trophies or you know your kids being a great student that that's all nice that's all a result but the process of actually just trying to be as good as you can be is is probably more important and you mentioned emotion there and i think you know you're away from home a bit for commentating work um your studies your business but what my sister speaks about picking up on you guys um, instilling a level of emotional intelligence in your children. So that's obviously resonating through your values. And, you know, this is at a young age. For example, when the kids cry about missing daddy when he's away and Lauren doesn't tell them to stop crying, she doesn't dismiss it, she actually lets them acknowledge their emotions and then encourages them that it's okay to miss daddy, it's okay to feel sad, it's okay to experience that emotion, but then shifts that same thought into a happy feeling and creates positivity around the subject of daddy being away but then a lot of positive um, positivity just around you in general so it starts to end quality time with you and it just she manifests a lot of positivity around the subject of you so i'm told so okay. yeah it just intrigues me that that's a um, a really deep core value that's coming through from you guys that yeah. will be in your children from a young age in emotional intelligence yeah look um you know lauren's uh, an unbelievable mother and do does put up with a lot when I say put up with obviously me traveling um, working um, finishing my studies and other things so she her support not only throughout my whole career but specifically in the transition out of the AFL world into uh, I guess a suite of things that I've been doing over the past year or so um, yeah she's been a, a huge support and definitely in that emotional intelligence side that you talk of um, 
you know, speaking to them as if they're adults, not not just trying to speak to them as if they're kids. You know, having and that's challenging. It's not easy. I'm not saying we get that perfectly right. Um, they're four, two, and and not quite one. But trying to have a a, a mature conversation with them and have them understand that dad does have to go away every now and then. Um, but you know, when he comes back, he'll he'll will sort of life as as normal. And I think sometimes in life. Um, whether it's with children or even with mates or whatever, you can have unintelligent and um, meaningless conversations. So, you know, that's not to say you can't have fun and, you know, all those things, but where you can, you know, engage with your kids on a, on a mature level, not only does it build your relationship with them, but I think also um, in a lot of ways it assists them in growing up and understanding, you know, all the things they need to. It prepares them for the real world because they're going to have to have those engaging conversations as they grow older. I read an article from years ago defining different styles of players uh, that each club would want in their teams and they listed three categories of players. They had the tough nuts, the spiritual leader and the up-and-comer. It was no surprise that you were listed as uh, Fremantle's spiritual leader in that. So Now, that's just a term that the journalists had put on it and put on you, but if you were to reflect on your career and your presence in your team environment, do you feel that you were a spiritual leader? And if so, what, what does that actually mean and feel like to you? Yeah, in some ways, the, the spiritual leader tag, I've uh, sometimes battled with to try to understand the, the true definition of that. Um, if I mean, the way I look at leadership is in, in sort of five, five buckets. The first one is uh, performance. So as a leader... Um, you don't have to be the star performer. You don't have to be the best, you know, the smartest person in the room. You don't have to be the best player on the on your team, but you have to do your job and do it pretty well. That, that's the first point. The, the second point, um, and I think that this may be talked to the spiritual part of it, is is the influence. So influencing others like that at its core, that's what leadership is. Um, and hopefully, um, you know, people that lead with a conscious lead them down the right path and influence them in the right way challenge behavior but support the person mold shape and and make the people better for, for, for them being involved with you having really strong integrity is important so I talked about it with raising your kids but having integrity is critical as a leader because you can't ask your fellow employees or teammates to do something if you're not willing to do it yourself so um, you know you, you gotta have strong integrity um, Actions, the other critical part of it, I reckon. Um, we often get caught up with, I think, these visions of leaders being charismatic and standing up the front and giving this great speech and then sort of letting it all go. But true leaders actually get into action just time after time and, and specific actions that you know lead to an ultimate result. Um, there's a nice saying that uh, by uh, Thomas Edison that uh, opportunity is often missed because it's dressed in overalls and looks like hard work. I reckon it's a really nice one um, because it's true. Like, you know, just because something looks hard doesn't mean you shouldn't avoid it, you know, whether that's as a leader or otherwise. Just crack in and get moving and, and hopefully, well, not hopefully, but the result should should come your way. And the last one is feedback. Um, and, and that's something that I don't think I did necessarily that well early on, um, you know, giving sort of direct and honest feedback. It was something that in the end, if I felt it, I just said it. Um, and didn't really worry about the consequences. So that dealing with, I guess, conflict with others sometimes can be a bit of a hindrance for some, but I certainly learnt, learnt that. The, this 
just going back to the core of spiritual leadership again, and, and again, something that I acknowledge I wasn't so great at throughout my leadership journey was building really strong relationships with with all of your employees, all of your teammates. Um, I think that's something that I got better at as I went. It wasn't something that necessarily came naturally to me. I had, as a person, I, I probably had my cards pretty close to my chest. I don't necessarily let my guard down a lot. And even as a young leader, that was something that I did. I tried to sort of have this um, you know, stoicism about me in some ways. So as I went, that's something I learned to build a really strong relationships with, with others. And I think that's where that's true spiritual leadership could potentially come through, albeit that I still don't know exactly what it may mean. Well, I think that's a great way to put it because there doesn't have to be an exact definition, but it's what does it mean to you? That stoicism obviously leaks through that those leadership qualities, uh, whatever that means in a spiritual sense. So when we talk about the business a uh, bit later side of things, but do you see yourself now as in, in your new roles as continuing leadership or do you find yeah. now you even have to be more of a manager? Because there is quite a big difference there between is. leaders and managers. There is. It's... Um uh, there's, it's quite distinct. Um, yeah, so I, I, I guess for the listeners' sake, I, I've been doing, um, as I said, a suite of things this year, obviously commentating, um, finishing my, my studies. Um, I did an undergraduate degree whilst I was playing and have just finished my MBA uh, as well, which uh, which has taken a long time, but I'm glad I've sort of ticked that off. Um, and I guess in those two areas, there's, there's not a huge amount of leadership, maybe in some of the studies because there are um, a number of, team projects and group assignments that we're involved in so there does need to be you know an element of leadership there um but in a couple of the businesses which i've been involved with pickstar and, and pmy group um quite small medium businesses relatively new startups in some ways one more so than the other um there's definite ele- elements of leadership in that and yeah i have found that there's some voids and differences between the sporting landscape and the business landscape and, and how um, a lot of what I've learned throughout the sporting years is very transferable into the business world, albeit that it's a little more sensitive and a little harder to sort of manoeuvre because of the various reasons um, and I guess obstacles that are sometimes in the way in the business world. So um, less so than in my sporting career, definitely, but um, still elements of it. I guess the other aspect is my. Uh, I'm still the president of the AFL Players Association, and we you know, earlier this year signed the the new collective bargaining agreement. So, uh, definitely elements of leadership there in terms of um, governing the board in many ways, but also um, you know, advocating strongly for the players in, in getting that new deal done. Back to the career, and you mentioned that just a little bit before. You've had many accolades many years recognized as one of the best players in the competition to me as a coach that's a direct reflection of a resilient mindset like you said but also an adaptable mindset you've got to be able to evolve so what i want to know is what what was your self-talk like to remain at that level for so long and not so much your self-talk in a game or your self-talk preparing for a game but i want to know what was your self-talk like when you woke up in the morning and you were sore but you knew you had to train? What was your self-talk like when you were driving to training, knowing that 
you want to be, like you mentioned earlier, you want to be the best version of yourself. But what does the self-talk look like to maintain that on a daily basis, year in, year out? Yeah. I often, it was, I actually used to write it down and would be like aspirational statements or um, or words that would be positive. Because you know, I, think, I think people in general, whether they're unbelievably positive or not, on an external facing um, position, we are. We often live in a state of negativity. Human beings will always go to their weaknesses first. Human beings will always talk about negative things. I would say more often than not. So to actually, you know, write down aspirational statements or to the self talk you're you're discussing was really important throughout my career. Um, and so I would. I'd write down. You know, I aspire to be the best leader in the AFL. I aspire to be the best power forward in the AFL. And these are the actions. You know. Or, or even more, more so than I am the best power forward in the competition. I am the best leader in the competition. I am the best husband. You know, so those aspirational statements. And when you, it's all well and good to say them, but when you write them down, it's actually really powerful and it, it sort of makes you stop and think about it. Um, but the self-talk was um, where I could that you know, it was about um, really having a self-belief that that you know, this is who I am. This is what I value. I will work hard. I will stay resilient. I won't show any weakness. So, and that's not always the right thing to to, you know, particularly the last bit. Not new, I won't show any weakness. But that was that was something that um, that resilience and that that drive to be as good as I could be around those aspects was really important. The way that you were just talking about what you wrote down and the I am super powerful process for anyone listening what that does that puts you in the future tense so you're not it's not a dream then it's an actual vision you're visualizing yourself in that position that to me is way more powerful than the smart goals we couldn't even remember yeah, the acronym sure, yeah. for earlier so when you're talking about that i think that's you as writing down goals as a goal setter yeah. and writing them down yeah well, you talk about visualization that's something that um I, I did a fair bit as well throughout throughout my career and it was seeing Particularly, you talk about oh, if you're injured or if you're a bit sore. It was seeing yourself, um, you know, getting to the game, going through the routine, going through the first warm up, not sore, um, you know, moving freely, and then being out there and dominating. Um, you know, directing clearly, leading perfectly, and you know, running, jumping, tackling, sort of everything, doing it in. Now that that doesn't always happen, and very rarely did it happen in, in any game that I played in the 353 that I played, but. It was the aspiration, it was the vision um, and seeing yourself do it that certainly in a positive light um, at, le- at least gave me the best chance to go and do that on the weekend. When you were creating those visual images, did you then attach emotions or feelings that you wanted to have at the same time? So did you think when you're running around the park and how does it feel when I kick the ball through the goals? How does it feel when I lead with passion? Yeah, probably, probably not overtly, but now that you made me think about it, yeah, I probably... I probably did you know, feel good and and have a, a positive emotion attached to to seeing myself doing those things. I mean, in some ways, I was very lucky throughout my whole career was that I was doing what I loved and always wanted to do. And I'm not sure how many people in the world can actually say that, like genuinely look themselves in the mirror or tell their partner or otherwise and say, no, I'm doing exactly what I always wanted to do. And, and I had the privilege of doing that for, for 17 years. Um, you know, I used to run around the backyard of my, my Adelaide home with, with dad and, and friends and cousins and all that kind of stuff and, and dream of playing in the AFL. And I was so lucky and privileged to have that. Um, 
there's a nice there's a nice line that say um, that says if you love what you do, you never do a moment's work. And and while it in, you know, it's almost trite in some ways, but it's true. Like it, you know, I've, footy was my full time profession. It was my job. Um, it had some bloody tough elements to it, no doubt, both physically, emotionally, mentally. But I always tried to never take it for granted and think of that, that it was always something that I wanted to do. And so when I saw myself out there playing or visualising myself doing so, it was often around just having a great time. Like this was something that I always wanted to do and, and having that opportunity at the highest level was, as I said, I tried as best I could not take that for granted. And how do you feel as an individual player in a team sport with so many individual accolades that you've um, been that you've received from your career? How do you feel that the coaching reflects you to be able to be that holistic version of yourself when coaching is of a team sport? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, a good question. So I think you know, coaching is a lot about teaching in a lot of ways and I think that's something the AFL game has better understood as it's gone um, and it's also around building strong relationships with your playing group both whether it's assistant coach or a head coach um, absolutely engaging the physical tactical side of the game but engaging the, you know, your mindset and the emotional part what's your purpose and that was something you know Ross Lyon was amazing at um, in the in the back half of my career was around well, what's your purpose why are you here you know asking those sort of questions and making guys think about it and for young guys who had families that was probably the, the, the number one reason but f- for other young guys that may not have families well, why are you doing this is it because you love it or is it because you want to achieve is it because you've got nothing else or what's your purpose and so really getting to the core of that um, and then you know writing down a personal trademark what do they stand for what what are they Again, sort of similar to those aspirational lines, so writing down what they want to be, um, and then you know, in a lot of ways, the model was commit, do, review. So commit to that purpose, commit to that aspirational statement, the do, train, play, and then you review that, and you just you do it again, over and over again. Commit, do, review, and 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 when it's put in those simple terms, what's your purpose? Put an aspirational statement down. Commit, do, review. It's kind of, it's kind of simple. It sort of washes away every all the other bullshit that often gets talked about, um, and really just makes it quite a simple process. Now, footy's not a simple game. There's quite a lot of complexities about it, but at the core of it, that's what you know. Ross and and um, the players tried to do in the year that I played at Fremantle. I love how even when you started off earlier talking about mindset, talking about raising family, you said it's a simple sort of thing, but then you dived into the way that it becomes simple in your mind from what I'm picking up from this conversation is because you understand what your core values are as a person, you have goals and visions, and you understand your purpose. So for people like yourself that have done the work around those spaces, then yes, life is easy. And, and well, it's, that's- not, it's not easy, but yeah, I, I take your point around um, it being simplified in the sense of, well, I know what my, my greater purpose is and quite clearly it's my family and making sure they're all right. Um, I understand that the aspirational statements, what I played and now what I'm trying to achieve um, in business and, and, and life outside of football. But the really important bit is the specific actions that, you know that lead to those aspirational statements or the, or the greater purpose um you know 
people all want to be successful, but how do you actually go and do that? Um, and that and that's the the bit that I think we all get lost in it. And I must say, I acknowledge that there's been times throughout my career and even throughout my studies and various things that you lose your way and you like it's not this just perfect graph that keeps going up like this. You, um, I had to deal with a fair bit of adversity and setbacks throughout my career, um, and a lot of learnings. Like, just you know, the, the person that I am now not only through my strong foundations that I had with my own family, but, you know, throughout my career, um, you know, it's all well and good to, to st- sit here now and sort of say, well, this is what I've learned, this is what I've experienced, but um, that's like 35 years of just being on this university course, this course the whole time learning about yourself and what's what works and what doesn't. Peaks and troughs. Exactly. Life is peaks and troughs. And, and when I was explaining before, I think it's great that your analogies of easy – to reflect on who you are as a core person so uh, and I was just trying to point that out for because what I sort of coach and teach people is the importance of establishing your values is the importance of understanding your purpose and having goals and vision so you know where you're heading with all that behind you and that's not easy so you know you you do that as an individual um, and it's really hard you try to do that as a team within a a football club or um, a business or otherwise and that's really hard as well like really distilling down what you firmly believe in what you do value it's not something you just you know flick over a piece of paper you start writing down a few words and away you go um it takes effort to begin it it takes enormous effort to refer to it along the journey in the team or even as an individual and commit to it um and you know the execution side of it is is critically important so yeah it's um it requires effort it's not something you just set and forget always review back to it we're sitting here in your office uh, in Perth and you're creating some great businesses that we've alluded to. Tell us about this space, this not this office space that we're seeing right now, but business for you at the moment. So what is TLA and what are you most excited about in the business space? Uh, well, yeah, so uh, TLA is a management company that um, help, uh, I guess, assist my sort of commentary and appearances and various things. Um, but moreover, it's probably Pickstar and PMY that the two that I've, I've more recently been engaged with so the back end of my career um, a good mate of mine Paul Yeomans um, founded a company called PMY um, a solutions sort of technical enhancement and digital enhancement group um, essentially project management managed services and an advisory strategic advisory firm and it was more, it started out as assisting him along the journey, but then, um, you know, working with him at the back end of my career and now on the other side. So, um, work along, you know, places and precincts, stadiums, um, you know, sp- sport advisory, um, you know, retail, you know, government infrastructure, etc. So, basically building out the strategy around technical and digital enhancement um, and, they're, and they're, I guess, visions around that and what it can look like um, and then a project management and managed services aspect to that as well so th- that's been really exciting the other business is Pickstar um, and that was f- formed by former AFL player James Begley uh, who I'd worked with at Fremantle for, for a bit of time and grew up with in Adelaide believe it or not playing footy against him uh, Pickstar essentially connects the general public and corporates with athletes with with talent um, by, by providing um, the best option with within the budget that the client sets. So we've it's an online platform, um, website, 
um, an app sort of coming very very soon, um, and streamlining the whole process. So if you want to, if you want someone to speak at um, a corporate engagement, a, a school birthday, a school um, clinic, um, you know your club's next netball um, gathering, whatever it is, going online and, and making a streamlined, efficient manner, uh, and the team basically take care of everything else. So involved in those two. Which has been which has been great, and and the MBA which I finished more recently was was critical to sort of rounding out some of the the business side of things which you need. So, with all of that in mind, what what excites you the most? Where's the most potential? Where do you feel like investing most of your energy into at the moment? Where you see great visions of the businesses heading? Well, I guess the first point is you know business development for both of those companies and and getting out there and spreading the word and 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 both of them are growing rapidly so um that's great and can continue that rapid growth but at the same time as the growth going is you know really betting down some strong team dynamics um some strong behaviors within the organization and you know the values of that organization and making sure everything and every decision is really referred back to a charter of operation this is how we do things around here um and so and 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 ultimately making decision making better you know are we doing that work with that company for that deal well if it's no what are the reasons why and it should always come back to well it's in compromise to our values or our our chart of operation in some ways so yeah it's been um and both of them are you know small enough particularly pickstar um, is probably more of a fledgling than than a fledging company than than PMY, um, but both very very small and nimble enough to really get in and, and and assist along the journey. So yeah, my inspiration or my desire um, is really strong within those two businesses. Brilliant. Now I'm uh, all about action, and I ask all my guests this question to help myself and the listeners implement something into their lives. And I'd love to know what's your advice on what specific action the listeners can take today to become more impactful in their lives and in their communities? Well, look, I think in their own lives, um, it's something that we've already discussed in some ways, but make taking the time and putting the effort into distilling a purpose. Why are they here? What, what's their purpose in their life? And that's different for a lot of people. Some, it could be purely financial. Some could be purely family. Some could be a mixture of both and, and so on and so forth. But Working out what your purpose is—that's that's really important. And then, uh, yeah, really understanding—you know—what your core values are that basically stem from that purpose. What drives what? That that's that's critical. With regard to the community, I would say you know find your passion in life and understand where you can make an influence. And you know that could be many and varied for for, for a lot of people. But yeah, really distilling and understanding what it is you're passionate about, where you can help. And, uh, and you're actually getting out there and doing it. So, you know, there's a lot of people talk about things and, you know, there's a lot of things that, oh, I should have done this or could have done that. Well, get off your bum and do it. Like, don't actually sit back. And, and that's, I think that we're all guilty of at some stage of actually not getting out there and, and having a go. And and that's, it's a shame because there are some great ideas. There are some great things that people can do, but it actually requires people getting out there and, and getting into it. Brilliant. Now, before we dive into the fast five questions that I haven't actually told you about, yeah, okay. Uh, one of my core values, Pav, is yes. giving. And for to say thank you for you uh, coming onto the podcast, I wanted to give you one of our life teas. Ah, oh, beautiful. And the giving continues with it because all the uh, money raised from these teas goes yeah. back to different charities. And oh, I'm not well sure done, what mate. size you are, but I've got a couple <laughs> there for you to choose from well, for these. I've, I've 
Hopefully teeth. just a, a large or extra large. I haven't put on – I've put on a bit of weight. But, I mean, thank you. That's that's great. Why they're pleasure. Good, they're cool teas. And, well, maybe I'm just looking around the room. There's lots of uh, <laughs> Guernseys. There's Australian Guernseys framed. There's tennis <laughs> well, memorabilia. Speaking of giving, um, I am in an office which is uh, was given to me by um, – some colleagues or some some friends of mine for some ways who own AJ Gallagher so it's an insurance broking business um and they at, at the end of my career said oh what do you need like well, we're here to help you what do you I was like oh look I think I'm all right I sort of got some opportunities and they said oh what about an office I was like oh yeah yeah let's have a conversation about it not thinking too much of it but they've just been um they've been brilliant in giving me speaking of giving uh, this office to use it's been a nice um, place to actually get some work done nice it is a nice space you've got a big window there with the sun shining through so two-part question where can our listeners learn more about you so social media yep. website etc and how can i and the listeners help you on your journey <laughs> you've got me on the spot i'm just trying to think of my instagram and uh and twitter and various things so i am on instagram and twitter and linkedin uh and my, i'll link all these up in the, my, the show notes too my Instagram is, I think it's Mav underscore 29. Mav underscore 29. Um, I think my Twitter is MattPav29. Okay. Um, and LinkedIn uh, is probably just my name, isn't it? I can't remember <laughs> too much about LinkedIn. <laughs> I'll do the research. You can I'll do the research. I'll the notes. Yeah. Um, so and yeah, so help you on your journey, mate? Um, oh, look, I think hopefully the listeners out there take something. Like I'd, I'd be inspired if listeners – heard this and took a little bit of something out of it so um that would that would be a nice feather in my cap in some ways that that'd be um great i mean if if they ever wanted to engage with an athlete or sports star they can head to pickstar.com.au and and jump on the website and engage with one of our 750 athletes that we have on there um and if anyone's out there that needs any type of strategy work or um isn't sure about their particularly in this day and age, the digital and digital and technology um, and whether or not we can help in the enhancing their solutions there, we'd be more than happy with PMI. So, um, but moreover, I think for me, it's um, my experiences and my lessons. If there's something within this chat that someone goes, oh yeah, that's something that I, I could actually take a little bit from, that'd be nice. That's the true leadership qualities coming out in your right there because <laughs> true leaders know, like you said, they take action and they they seek the feedback. That was one of the buckets you talked about before. So I'll be sure to uh, forward on any feedback yeah, that comes it. on yeah. about this one. Fast five questions. Okay. Now, don't give yourself too much time. Just uh, let it roll off the tongue. What's one habit you wish you could change? Uh, picking my like toenails. Lauren hates it. <laughs> I, I can't stop it. Actually, <laughs> hopefully we it is can pretty gross. Lauren, there. Yeah. <laughs> what makes you feel absolutely pumped and exhilarated and energized? I've oh, seen your kids having fun. Like seeing the kids running around. Like, the last Sunday we went um, caught up with some friends for for breakfast and we were running around just near the beach. But like seeing them light it, like they were just running around having a great time with it. Well, that that's actually pretty cool. Um, and that's something special that if if you haven't got kids or whatever, no doubt you experience at some stage. Um, the other one is um, catching up with close friends and like knowing that you're gonna have a have a really good night, sort of pretty relaxed and a couple of beers and wines, or whatever. That I, I really enjoy um, both of those things. Beautiful. Have you ever washed a dog? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Excellent. With Toby, our Labrador. He hasn't had a wash for a while, actually, but uh, well, you've reminded me. Maybe my sister can do that when she's at the <laughs> yeah, house I'll, next I'll time. I'll hit her up I'll, for I'll that. Her in. She loves to wash a dog. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Uh, it was from my dad, and it was around the time of the line that he, he gave us was that failure cannot cope with perseverance. And it really hit home with me um, at the time because I was a young captain. We'd lost a whole heap of players um, to retirement and uh, the team wasn't performing that well at that particular stage. Um, and he very rarely would write to me or, or in, interject with, with football, but he, he did this day um, and, and one of the lines was failure cannot cope with perseverance. And it's sort of, you know, when things are tough, when you're failing, we aren't, and everyone fails in life. Um, I did plenty of it while I played and, and still do to this day. So... Firstly, acknowledging that you can't always win, you can't always get things right, um, but then understanding that if you keep persevering, in the end, you'll get there, particularly if you trust your own ability and you work your butt off. So, um, yeah, that piece of advice was really nice. There's no room for failure when you make room for perseverance. I like oh, very that. good. Brilliant advice from your old man there. And what are you most grateful for in your life right now? Oh, my family. Um, both my immediate family, Lauren and, and the three kids, but but also your know, mum and dad and my sister and, and Lauren's family. Like, yeah, that, that community in some ways bringing two families together is pretty special. Pav, you're a legend. You're a great example of a successful sports person intact with their values and how this translates to a smooth transition from sport into a fulfilled personal life and career. Keep shining your humble and daddy boy rascal light to the world. (laughs) Very good, mate. Thank you. That's what I love about connecting with genuine human souls and unpacking the abundance of value they have to offer. His love and respect for his family is infectious and his connection to his deeper purpose in all areas of his life is powerful. You heard Pav talk about the influence that his coaches had on him and taught him personal skills to make him a better person and not just a better athlete. If you are interested in enhancing your personal growth and learning how to break through any challenges in your life, reach out to me on brett at lifeintentional.com.au or jump onto yourlifeofimpact.com forward slash coaching and let's dominate your goals together. Remember, you can find everything we spoke about in the show notes, all of Pav's social media tags, all of his businesses and everything else we spoke about. Find that at yourlifeofimpact.com forward slash Matt Pavlich. If you like this episode, please jump onto your podcast app and give us a five-star review. This helps immensely for me to be able to continue delivering value to you. It doesn't matter what app you're using, whether it's Apple Podcasts, which is formerly known as iTunes Podcast, whether it's Podcast Addict or Stitcher or whatever it is. You guys subscribing and downloading each episode is what keeps this podcast alive. And also, please share with your friends, your family, your community, and everyone you believe will benefit from this podcast. Don't forget to give me your feedback on what you loved and what you want to hear more of, so what value I can help bring into your reality. Reach out to us on social media, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Life for Excellence. That's at L-I-F-E. F-O-R-X-L-N-S. And you can also find us at yourlifeofimpact.com. And as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life of impact.